You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Friday morning, it is time once again for Southern Fried Sports right here on your home for University of Alabama Athletics, Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com. We're with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. We told you. We've been telling you all week, and you can still get by there. We know you've got big dance action cranking up on a Friday here in a mere matter of minutes, but still, plenty of time to get by Peterbrook Chocolate here. Get your March Madness munchies right there at Peterbrook. Wide variety, great selection. Going to keep you uh, engaged and on that couch. For NCAA tournament action coming up across the weekend and into next week. And uh, a lot to get to here on the program, as you might expect. Very busy weekend of athletics coming up next. And we will cover all of that for you here on the program. And as always, I'm joined on the show by the executive producer of Southern Fried Sports, Mr. Jacob Harrison, who together we combine to form the 60 bit Woo! Sports Talk Radio. First and foremost, Jacob, thank you so much for doing a great job of sitting and filling in yesterday. And uh, let's get into it, man. A lot to get into. We got spring football practice cranking up over off Bryant Drive today. We've got the NCAA tournament. We've got baseball, softball, gymnastics. You name it, Jacob. You take your pick. We can do it right here on the program. And all the gump said, I hope you enjoyed your basketball distraction. Alabama football is back. (laughs) (laughs) And, hey, we love it. We love it. Bring it all on, man. Bring it all together. We love it all coming together because it really is this weekend. Absolutely. Got Alabama football practice. First one of spring drills 2021 coming up this afternoon. We've got men's basketball tournament action. You've got Alabama Men's hoops tomorrow afternoon, taking on Iona in first-round action. You've got Alabama baseball at Arkansas this weekend. Hell of a way to jump into the SEC. Look, there is no shallow end when it comes to SEC baseball. It doesn't matter. You're jumping in the deep end once conference plays regardless. So conference play starts regardless. So that'll be the case for Brad Bohannon's club out in northwest Arkansas this weekend. 
You've got Alabama softball hosting Tennessee over the weekend. That uh, series opener tonight, by the way, if you can't get over to the Rhodes house, that's going to air on ESPNU. So it'll be on the cable. SEC Gymnastics Championships this weekend up in Huntsville. So we're Georgia. University of Georgia had to withdraw from the SEC uh, Gymnastics Championships due to COVID issues. So uh, you just never know. Never know with this COVID right now. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line. If you would like to jump on board with us, we would love to hear from you. Of course, we'll talk with Charlie Potter. Does an outstanding job as the veteran beat reporter for BamaOnline.com. We'll get Charlie's thoughts on the start of spring football practice today over at the Capstone. And we'll also talk some Alabama hoops, as you might expect, with Charlie in advance of that matchup with the Gales of Iona tomorrow afternoon up at Hinkle Fieldhouse. Venerable Hinkle Fieldhouse on the campus of Butler University in Indianapolis. Um, We got Pops coming up later. I know Jacob enjoyed that little video clip this morning. How about Pops getting the grass cut, Jacob, before he can watch his Gators coming up here? His Gators tip off in nine minutes, and he had to get that had to get that yard cut this morning. You know, I thought it was I thought it was Sistine Chapel like the work he was doing on that yard, Jacob. I mean, excellent form, and 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 out in the beautiful sun, <laughs> I mean, just a pristine lawn, excellent work. Where did you say to hang it? You said to hang the a still shot of that. Um. And the uh, Louver, is it the Louver? Louver. Yeah. yeah. I've always heard it. Yeah. My interns are telling me it's, it's Louvre. Uh, that, that's the way I've the always Louvre. heard it. Yeah. Okay. See, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not refined at all. So you got to kind of guide me through that. That's where we need the interns to really step it up. And we're thankful for them on this Friday morning. But yeah, the Louvre, as it's called. Pops would look good in there, I think. 205-342-9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line. Of course, from the football perspective, you're going to have questions about, first and foremost, who's healthy. Um, And with limited information coming from practices because of the ongoing concerns with COVID, uh, that might take a little bit. But you're certainly going to want to know who's healthy coming out of last season. You know, Trey Sanders, some of these guys. Some guys play hurt, too, late in the season that you're not even really aware of. And then there's off-season surgeries and procedures that leave guys either limited or largely out of spring drills altogether. And so we'll learn more about that starting today with Alabama football. And then, of course, there's always hyper-focus on the early enrollees and no shortage of high-quality early enrollees for this Alabama football team heading into spring drills, and also at positions where it's very much relevant, their arrivals and their presence, because offensively you talk about the tackle position that's up for grabs. J.C. Latham, a five-star. Tommy Brockermeyer, a five-star. Both early enrollees at the tackle position. You look at wide receiver, Ja'Cory Brooks, Ajay Hall, Christian Leary, three early enrollees before JoJo Earl gets here in the summer from the state of Texas. You consider even corner, because you have that one vacancy at corner, a big vacancy with Patrick Sertan the second moving on. And so Jaquincy McKinstry being on campus certainly is important. Now you've got depth there, and you've got some program veterans that you also expect 
to be very much a part of that mix in that competition at that corner opposite Josh Jobs. Marcus Banks comes to mind, sort of on that Anthony Everett career path, career track, uh, when you think about his development, potentially. Um, safety, there's still going to be competition. I mean, you like that you bring all those guys back. Uh, but probably Jordan Battle is the one guy in that mix that you feel like is – cemented in a starting role but as we saw towards the end of the 2020 season DeMarco Helms came on and basically supplanted Daniel Wright at the other safety spot Malachi Moore Brian Branch a lot of quality options there at the safety position but mostly it's going to be about the offensive side of the ball again with an emphasis on tackle Wide receiver and quarterback, that's going to be a huge competition. That kind of goes without saying. You're anticipating that with Bryce Young expected to be first man up when they get it going over there this afternoon. Paul Tyson and then another early enrollee in Jalen Milrow. Got a couple of capable walk-ons in that mix too. So uh, they will have plenty of quality arms even with Mac Jones moving on to the National Football League. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line. Also saw where uh, Kenyon Drake, Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs together now with the Las Vegas Raiders. And that's great. But aren't those guys kind of the same? I guess Josh Jacobs is at the point, though, where he is considered very much a feature every down type back even if he isn't 6'2", 230 pounds, uh, you've got more of a complimentary player coming in there in Kenyon Drake. So maybe that thing will work just fine with the two former Alabama running backs now working for the Las Vegas Raiders. Of course, Henry Ruggs III, another skill option, looking to take a next step in year two out there in Vegas. Let's go to the Peter Brook Chocolatier studio line right now. Check in with Corey on a Friday morning. Corey, how you doing? Hey, Travis, how you doing this afternoon? Great, sir. I wanted to ask you about this Tennessee series this weekend. Uh, what are you looking forward to in this series, and how do you think it'll go this weekend? Yeah, you know, I thought it was really encouraging. Obviously, last weekend you get KB Sides back, who I refer to as the catalyst, KB Sides. And it wasn't exactly an offensive outburst uh, against Auburn. you, you got to give Auburn some credit for that, too. I mean, that's SEC quality pitching. You're not just going to go out there and seven, eight, nine, ten runs everybody every weekend uh, when you get into conference play. But obviously getting her back uh, is huge for this team. And getting Bailey Hemphill off to that kind of start uh, in conference play, uh, she ends up the SEC Player of the Week, Co-Player of the Week. I thought it was interesting, Corey, that Alabama went with Kilfoyle for two starts and Fouts there in the middle. It worked out great. Now, Fouts, you can also, as they did, bring her in to close. And I'm sure Lexi can do some of that, too. But Fouts really capped that weekend with those three innings on Sunday to close out that sweep. But, you know, Tennessee coming into this one after a – Opening series loss dropped two out of three, so it's still very early. But got to be a sense of urgency, doesn't there, for the Vols at one and two in the league? I tell you, they're going to come in mad because they know that they let that LSU series slip away with the run yeah. loss 
against LSU, and they took it out. Took out part of their frustration against a uh, a um, um, somewhat of what, a smaller team uh, in the middle. Yeah, of the that were mine. And then, yeah, and then uh, this is a rivalry game uh, with Alabama, and uh, I know it's not the biggest rivalry. I know Florida is the big rivalry, but this is a huge rivalry, and so. Uh, Alabama needs to come in there and take care of it. Now, they, they, they don't have to sweep. I mean, I mean yes, it would be nice to sweep, but they just need to take the series, and uh, that, that's the important thing. But uh, it will be interesting to see who starts today. I mean, it really doesn't matter because you have two aces and Fouts and Kilpool, but uh, it will be mm-hmm. interesting to see who um, who st- starts pitching. And, and I know – you could you could tell that Gil, that uh, size wasn't a hundred percent, but she did w- well for what she did on the weekend. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think that home run has landed yet since Bailey Hempel hit it. Would you agree? <laughs> Boy, I tell you, Bailey Dowling is something else. And you know, to see her come through in that third game when you know it looked like Auburn was going to be able to salvage one of those contests was pretty impressive for a freshman to. And that was a bomb, no doubt about it, to the top of the scoreboard in the left center. So she has been everything she was billed to be as a two-time Illinois State Player of the Year in Bailey Dowling. Hey, enjoy the weekend, Corey. Look forward to it. Good talk to you, Travis. Hold tight. There he goes. Corey checking in on a Friday. He's fired up. He's fired up about the Alabama-Tennessee softball. Alabama, of course, looking to – Stay perfect in SEC play after sweeping the rival Auburn Tigers last weekend. 205-342-9904. As we get you ready, we're just moments away from SEC teams kicking off their appearances in the NCAA tournament. The Florida Gators. Pops is Gators. He's getting that grass cut early today. Trying to get ready for... Florida and Virginia Tech coming up, tipping off here in a minute or two. Pops doesn't trust the Gators. I asked him earlier today what he thought. He said, I, he, Pops said he wasn't even sure he was going to watch the game. He doesn't have any confidence in the Gators going into this one against Virginia Tech. Coming up a little bit later in the hour, about 30 minutes or so from now, Arkansas will take on Colgate in a first-round game. And then later this afternoon from the SEC perspective, You'll have Oregon State as a 12 seed taking on the balls of Tennessee. Balls playing pretty good basketball going into the NCAA tournament. Had Alabama on the ropes. Alabama down 15 last Saturday to Tennessee in Nashville before coming back to take that semifinal contest and advance to a championship game, of course, which they would win over the LSU Tigers. Speaking of LSU, tomorrow LSU in that early window going to host St. Bonaventure. Maybe we've been sleeping on St. Bonaventure a little too much. I've already been calling for an LSU upset of Michigan in the second round, but LSU in an 8-9 game, this is kind of where LSU disappoints you. It kind of feels like. you know, This is where you could see them so much anticipation for a potential matchup with Michigan in the second round, and uh, it doesn't happen for LSU. I like LSU, though. And then Alabama and Iona coming up tomorrow afternoon at 3 p.m. 
Crimson Tide ready to go up there at Hinkle Fieldhouse. Rick Patino and the Gales. You know, I've said all week, and I still feel this way as the game gets closer. I just don't see it. I don't see it being a particularly competitive game. I think Alabama's going to win this game easily. I guess what I'm saying is Jeff Rulin doesn't play for Iona anymore. you got to go back a ways. Got to be a little bit of an old head, a little bit of a boomer like yours truly. Jeff Rulin, if you grew up in the South, like I did, obviously, and you had the Hawks on the cable, you would watch John Sterling on the call of those Hawks games on TBS. It was just regional back then. And uh, it seemed like the Hawks and the Washington Bullets played every other night. It just seemed that way. It seemed like whenever I turned on WTBS and uh, the Hawks were playing, it was against the Bullets. And Jeff Rulin was one of those Bullets. Kind of a big, burly post. Kind of a Bill Lambeer before Bill Lambeer. More of a true post, probably, than Lambeer. Lambeer was kind of a Euro big. He could step outside and shoot it pretty good from the perimeter. But there's no Jeff Rulin on the Siona team. Yes, Rick Patino is coaching. But as we confirmed earlier in the week, Jamal Mashburn doesn't play for Iona. So uh, feeling pretty confident about Alabama to take care of business tomorrow afternoon up in Indianapolis. Also, tomorrow evening, where the SEC is concerned, you'll have Missouri in that 8-9 matchup with Oklahoma. Oklahoma, one of the teams heavily impacted by COVID-19 with a key player out for the Sooners. Tomorrow evening, that game will tip off approximately 625 Central tomorrow. You'll have an 8-9 matchup of Oklahoma and Missouri. Running it back, the Tigers and Sooners. Running it back to the old uh, to the old Big 12 days. Or I guess you could even say the old Big 8 days, if you want to go further back. We're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, Charlie Potter, my colleague there, at BamaOnline.com. He'll join us here on the show. We'll talk Alabama football with Charlie. We'll talk Alabama hoops with Charlie. We'll get into all that when Charlie Potter joins us on a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. From the University of Alabama, this is Crimson Tide Today. It's a daily update on Bama sports, and it's brought to you by Everwood Treatment Company, the official treated lumber of Alabama athletics. Everwood, wood treated right. Hello again, everybody. I'm Roger Hoover. Alabama men's basketball cleared its 24-hour quarantine on Monday night and was able to get the team's first full workout in Indianapolis on Tuesday. The Crimson Tide worked in the weight room for an hour, followed by a full practice, both of which took place in the Indianapolis Convention Center. The team has a dedicated hotel floor in which each player, coach, and staff member from the 34-person travel party has a room to themselves. On Wednesday, Alabama was able to spend some time at Victory Field, the home ballpark of the Indianapolis Indians AAA baseball team, while also taking a team photo in front of the massive tournament bracket hanging outside the JW Marriott Hotel. After another practice and workout on Wednesday, Alabama was able to practice at Saturday's venue, Hinkle Fieldhouse, on Thursday. The Crimson Tide had a full practice that lasted approximately 90 minutes on the game floor. I'll have more in a moment. 
Everwood Treatment Company is wood treated right. Everwood is the most technologically advanced pressure treated wood available. That means no rotting, no decay, no problems. Just wood treated right. Everwood is your treated wood source and the official pressure treated lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. If you're looking to add or replace decks, outdoor structures, or commercial jobs, choose Everwood for wood treated right. If you need it, we'll get it to you. To locate your local Everwood store, visit everwoodtreatment.com. Everwood Treatment, official lumber of the Alabama Crimson Tide. We've got you covered for Alabama men's basketball against Iona in Saturday's first round of the 2021 NCAA tournament. The Crimson Tide are the number two seed in the East region, while Iona is the number 15 seed. Tip-off from Hinkle Fieldhouse is set for 3 p.m. Central, with our coverage on the network starting at 2 p.m. And that's your Bama update. Crimson Tide Today brought to you by Everwood. Crimson Tide Today is a production of the Crimson Tide Sports. The weather will stay mostly cloudy and cool this afternoon and tonight. The high today, 60. Tonight's low, 41. Tomorrow, becoming partly to mostly sunny. The high, 73. And a beautiful day on Sunday. The sky sunny. The high at 70. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 49 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Schreier, Senior Analyst for BAMOnline.com. With you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. It is early in this first round matchup between the 10th seeded Virginia Tech Hokies and the 7th seeded Florida Gators. Virginia Tech, with a little under 15 minutes to go in the first half, leads the Gators. 10-6, kind of a slow start for both teams on the offensive end of the court, but uh, they'll look to pick it up here in the next few minutes. Someone will help us pick it up here on SFS on Fridays. It's Charlie Potter, does an outstanding job covering the Alabama Crimson Tide for us there at BamaOnline.com, and man, you talk about a busy dude right about now. How about Charlie Potter? Charlie, uh, it's all coming together. You got the start of spring football practice later this afternoon. You've got the NCAA tournament. Obviously, Alabama goes tomorrow afternoon. Maybe it spaces out pretty good for you, I guess, when you consider the different things going on right now. Yeah, I mean, looking at the schedule, um, you know, I had a good feeling that today was going to be the first day of spring practice. And of course, after that first day of practice, you usually hear from Nick Saban, um, Naturally, it'll be via Zoom uh, this year, just like it was in the fall. But you know, when you knew Alabama was going to be in the NCAA tournament, sitting there on Selection Sunday, I had my fingers crossed for a Saturday tip. Otherwise, today would just be <laughs> a jam-packed day. But no, it did. You know, it, it felt pretty well for me, at least, uh, from a selfish standpoint. But 
it's going to be a busy weekend, and um, you know, hopefully for Alabama basketball, stay stay a, a busy couple weeks here. And um, but again, I mean, we've talked about it so much. I mean, this time last year, you had Alabama um, axing its spring yeah. uh, practice schedule the day uh, that it was supposed to start. You know, Alabama left the SEC tournament before it even was able to play Tennessee. Heck, even the baseball team—they're set to start SEC play tonight and. You know, they had lost one game leading up to the start of SEC play, only to see the season shut down. So uh, it, it's good to be talking sports this time of year. But, yeah, it's going to be a busy uh, couple of days here, no doubt. Yeah, Monday could be crazy, too, because if Alabama wins tomorrow on the basketball court, you could have, I guess, spring football Monday, men's basketball Monday, and even the women's basketball team from Alabama cranks up its NCAA women's tournament appearance on Monday morning. So, yeah, virtual smorgasbord of athletics for Alabama fans to consider uh, over this next extended stretch. And, look, let's start with spring football practice because you said it a year ago, there was no spring football practice. But just in terms of how much things have changed as far as how we're able to cover it, I know you said it, alluded to it there, uh, with your comments about Nick Saban's press availability following the workout, uh, Zoom is still in play. Uh, I guess the parameters haven't changed all that much from the fall uh, across the board. No, um, you know we're we're not going to be allowed to go to to practice, and it's all the the um, interviews will be done over Zoom. And I don't mind Zoom interviews; that um, they're not that fun after a game. Uh, just because, you know, you, you usually get a little bit more when you're there in person. But, you know, Saban's Zoom calls have, have gone well. The players' Zoom calls have, have been you know, pretty seamless. And there's going to be a lot of them. I mean, Alabama has 15 spring practices. And uh, not including the pro day, which is next Tuesday, I think we're set to hear from um, either an Alabama player or Nick Saban before or after all practices but one. So there's going to be a lot of interviews, a lot of stories, you know, coming out of this. But you know, I, I think it's we would like to see it go back to normal. Hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, the fall we'll see a return to normalcy. But at this point, I mean, given what we just talked about, how you know, we didn't even get a spring last year, you know, you'll take it, and we're pretty conditioned from the fall to to know what to expect when it comes to media availability. Early enrollees, I talked about this in the opening segment, are always a major storyline, if not the top storyline, at least when there's not turnover at the quarterback position. It seems like that's certainly the case. But when you consider the – we talked about this on the Bama Online podcast a couple days ago. When you consider where the needs are for this 2021 Alabama team, with an emphasis, I guess, on offense, but even a spot or two maybe on defense – Matches up pretty good with getting some of these guys in here in January, doesn't it? It really does. I mean, you know, spring practice is so beneficial, but with Alabama losing eight starters on the offensive side of the ball, um, you know, having these guys on campus, there's 15 early enrollees. Uh, it, it's huge. And, you know, four of the five, off, or I believe six, no, it's five. Offensive linemen that Alabama signed this cycle are already on campus, and with opportunities there, I mean, you look at guys like J.C. Latham and Tommy Brockermeyer, the top two tackles in the country. You got to figure they'll be in competition for one of those spots because you know, Nick Saban and this team have shown that true freshmen, you know, they're not afraid to play them on the offensive line, even at the tackle position. So I think the offensive line is where I start, just with the newcomers. Then 
a wide receiver. Um, you know, you obviously lose the Heisman Trophy winner in Devontae Smith, one of college football's most electric players in Jalen Waddle. And you have John Mechie coming back. You have Slade Bolden with some first-team experience. But after that, it's a lot of inexperience. You know, um, there's the the three sophomores now that were on the roster last year, Xavier Williams, and that's it. So that's a prime opportunity for guys like Ja'Cory Brooks and uh, Christian Leary and Jai Hall, the three that are on campus now. And then you look for later in the summer with JoJo Earl. Uh, but offensive line and wide receiver, uh, from a freshman standpoint, seem like the, the most likely positions where a newcomer could step in and maybe make an immediate impact. And then defensively, you're right, it's going to be tougher just because the defensive side of the ball returns a lot more uh, than offense, but at corner, uh, Alabama signed a, a five-star in Jaquincy McKinstry. You're going to have later in the summer some other guys join the program, including a junior college transfer. So I think there's going to be some competition there in the secondary. But uh, these newcomers, you know, getting on campus, getting to go through these 15 spring practices, is extremely beneficial, uh, and, and it helps them to maybe get a leg up on some of their classmates that are going to be enrolling in the summer. Yeah, we get so excited about the newcomers, and understandably so, especially with a group like this, because as we've heard from Hank South and others, on paper at least, is highly ranked of a class as we've ever seen in the rankings era of football recruiting coverage. But seems like there's still always a program veteran or two that maybe is two, three, even four years into the program, that to that point, to this point, hasn't made a huge contribution, but the possibility exists that it could still happen. Are there a position or two this spring that sort of fit that sort of candidate? Maybe secondary, you talked about corner, um, even wide receiver in that mix as, as well, and, and the offensive line, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that those spots are obviously a, a position or a position or two where, you know, guys that maybe aren't as as well known or haven't got as much playing time can can really benefit from a strong spring. Uh, you know, you and I have called them kind of under the radar players throughout our discussions here and uh, on our podcast. But you know, guys like Jalen Armour Davis and Marcus Banks at the cornerback spots, they've been in the program for um, you know three and four years, and you know those guys have, have bided their time. They've gotten some run, you know, mostly as reserves, but at the cornerback spot. Um, you know, I think they're kind of slept on a little bit because of the the new additions. So, you know, those are, are two guys that stick out to me there. Um, you know, at, at the tight end and wide receiver position, you know, I mentioned Xavier Williams a little bit ago. And he's a guy that's going to be entering, I believe, uh, his uh, fourth year in the program. So he's the one of the oldest players at his position, and, and with a good spring, he could certainly help himself out at tight end. Uh, Major Tennyson and, and Cam Latou, uh, those are two guys that have been in the program for a while now. And with Miller Forrestal and Carl Tucker moving on, can you know, have some opportunities. And then, you know, on the offensive line, uh, I think there's several guys. It's, it's tough just to mention one. Kendall Randolph was really Alabama's sixth offensive lineman last year, that pseudo tight end that, um, you know, went on the field in some short yardage situations when they use their kind of jumbo package. And uh, guys like Tommy Brown, I think he's a guy that we could probably see today at guard with the first team. Uh, Pierce Quick's been in the program for a while. Um, you know, Chris Owens, heck, I mean, he's a guy coming back for the sixth year. I know he started in the past, but he's going to have more opportunities more than likely. So, yeah, I mean, there's some guys that have been in the program that have bided their time that you're now in the spring, they could have a real opportunity to take on larger roles. 
quarterback, Charlie, in your opinion, is the competition going to be real or is it going to be more of a uh, manufactured situation with Bryce Young, Paul Tyson, Jalen Milrow jumping into that mix? What are we really talking about from day one with that with that position and uh, again the, the the competitive nature of it and 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 can Paul Tyson really push Bryce Young? Could maybe Jalen Milrow almost unexpectedly, I would think, jump into that mix as well? Yeah, I think competition is real. I mean, I, I think there's always competition at every position. Nick Saban likes to say that all the time. I, I think it's more real than it was last year. Um, you know, I know that you know we made a lot about the the competition with Mac Jones and the guys that are on campus now, but um, with no spring practice and the way that the Mac Jones attacked the, the off season and really improved and progressed, I mean, there there really was no competition uh, in the fall. So I, I think it says a lot, though. To go back and look at um, you know the quarterbacks that played last year, it was Mac Jones, Bryce Young, and, and nobody else. I think that kind of shed some light on the situation. I, I do think that Paul Tyson and Jalen Milrow are going to get opportunities. You know, there's three scrimmages in the spring, and those are always big for quarterbacks. You know, the ones in the fall are too. But uh, yeah, I think that the Bryce Young, I would be shocked if he's not number one. Is starting out there today, but the competition will be real. And honestly, for Alabama competition is a good thing at that position you want to have guys uh competing with with each other you want to have paul tyson and Jalen milrow pushing bryce young because that leads to improvement and progression you know competition is always a good thing and uh while i do think that bryce young is the guy uh at least right now um you know you want to see the other guys improve too because you never know what's going to happen from an injury standpoint or anything like that the next guy needs to be ready so uh i i think it's it's you know Bryce Young at the lead, the top of the pack right now, but uh, I'll be interested to see what kind of springs the guys like Paul Tyson and Jalen Milrow have as well. Yeah, and I guess that dynamic can obviously be impacted by new coaches. And so, if you are Paul Tyson and Bryce Young, or uh, you know you're one of these offensive linemen, or just about any area you want to look on offense, with the exception of wide receiver, you're going in today thinking. In some ways, it's a clean slate. Obviously, there's tape and there's you know a, a residual sort of feeling about what you've done to this point, especially with Nick Saban as your head coach uh, there in that, that corner office. But uh, this new staff in so many different areas, uh, Charlie, and, and how these guys are going to try to impress these, these new, new coaches, um, I, I guess that could play a role in all of this, too. I know it, it definitely does. I mean, a fresh start uh, is always good for players. Um, you know, sometimes they benefit from it, but you know, they, like you said, they do have tape. Nick Saban's well aware of of what the guys returning can do. Uh, but again, a, a spring with some fresh eyes and fresh opinions is never a bad thing, and especially at quarterback, just because um, you know Bill O'Brien is going to have different opinions than Steve Sarkeesian. He's not going to come in and break the wheel. They're still going to run Alabama's offense, but um, you know, he just has a different view of things. And that, that's always, you know, if you're a player that maybe hasn't played in the past, that, that can never hurt. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's worth mentioning. I mean, these, these guys, they're going to be trying to be, or to get familiar with each other. You know, those scrimmages play a big part in that. And, um, it, it's going to be, 
some, some it's going to take some getting used to for a lot of position groups because you're right. I mean, everywhere but wide receiver is going to have a new coach on the offensive side of the ball. The defense is a little better shape with just the cornerbacks coach changing over, but it can never hurt for guys that are looking to take on larger roles to to have a new guy in the room and to um, kind of have that fresh start, that clean slate to to have in the spring. Yeah, make no mistake about it. Bryce was very much Sark's guy, right? I mean, that was pretty much how that all went down. And, of course, Bryce from Southern California and Sark with his ties out there and was able to go and pilfer USC of Bryce Young and get him flipped to Alabama. So, yeah, Bill O'Brien coming on board, Doug Marone with that offensive line, Jay Graham with the tight ends, Robert Gillespie with the running backs, not just some new faces from a player perspective out there this afternoon, some new voices and new faces on the coaching side of things as well. Well, Charlie, we know you'll have it all covered. And by the way, if you haven't already, Charlie's had projected depth charts. That's right. That's He's willing to go out there, Charlie Potter, with those uh, organizational groupings, I guess, is, is what we'll call them too. Charlie's had those on the website in the last few days, offense and defense. He's had some under-the-radar uh, prospects, all of it from Charlie Potter for us there at BamaOnline.com. Thanks a lot, Charlie. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. There he goes, Charlie Potter, veteran of the Alabama Crimson Tide beat. We're going to step aside for a break. When we come back, more of Southern Fried Sports on a Friday, presented by Peterbrook Chocolatier, right here on Tide 100.9 FM, right here, right after this. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hey, you. Don't watch that. Watch this. This is the heavy, heavy monster sound. The nuttiest sound around. So if you're coming off the street and you're beginning to feel the heat, well, listen, buster. You better start to move your feet to the rockiness, rock steady beat of madness. One step beyond. I mean, it is March Madness. So we had to give you a little madness. Going back for some 80s gold right there. A little sky action from the 80s. From the boys from Britain. Madness. Speaking of madness, Florida's offense right now in this first round matchup against Virginia Tech. It's uh, probably driving Mike White, head coach of the Gators, to the brink of madness. 11 points for the Florida Gators. With a little more than nine minutes to go in first half action up there at Hinkle Fieldhouse, Virginia Tech 19, Florida 11 with nine minutes to go. Now 21 to 11, Virginia Tech. I mean, you're playing at Hinkle. The sight lines, the shooting has to be uh, Jimmy Chenwood didn't struggle to shoot it for the Hickory Huskers, did he? In the movie Hoosiers. Jimmy Chitwood shot it just fine at Hinkle. Gators can't find the bucket. You know, Pops had a premonition. Talked to him before the game. He was his attitude was very bad about this game for his uh his Gators. 
So uh, we'll see if Florida can get it going. But right now, ugly for the Florida Gators up there in Indianapolis. Down 10 with just 11 points on the board with 8.35 left in the first half. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line. If you'd like to jump on board with us, we'd love to hear from you. Thanks again to Charlie Potter, my cohort there at BamaOnline.com. Charlie's ready. Alabama football spring practice cranking up later this afternoon. Alabama, we'll get back at it on Monday. There's a much-needed three for the Florida Gators right there to get this thing to a touchdown. 21-14 Virginia Tech on top now. Uh, But a lot of football, a lot of college basketball, a lot of college baseball this weekend. Um, You had your first four games last night. By first four-game standards, I guess those games are usually pretty entertaining. They were pretty good last night. It was great to see a MEAC and SWAC team win on the same night. First time that's happened for an HBCU, two HBCU programs to get wins in the same tournament ever with Norfolk State taking out Appalachian State and Texas Southern winning by eight over Mount St. Mary's. You had some collapses in those games last night. Wichita State was up big, ends up losing by a point to Drake. Uh, Norfolk State hung on but was up real big on Appalachian State but only hung on by a point. And then UCLA came from behind to beat Tom Izzo and the Spartans in that 11-v-11 matchup in the first four. We're going to head to our final break. When we come back, we'll do an attitude temp and check on Pops with his Florida Gators. The great to be is great to be a Florida Gator struggling up there in Indianapolis against Virginia Tech. We'll check in with Pops, see if he got that, see if he got the double cut in this morning over there off the west side of Jacksonville. We'll do that with Pops and a whole lot more. When Southern Fried Sports returns right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. If you want to- the weather will stay mostly cloudy and cool this afternoon and tonight. The high today, 60. Tonight's low, 41. Tomorrow, becoming partly to mostly sunny. The high, 73. And a beautiful day on Sunday. The sky sunny. The high at 70. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 50 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Of a Friday edition of Southern Pride Sports on Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BAMOnline.com with you weekday mornings from 11 a.m. until noon. Just had Charlie Potter on with us a few segments ago, and now Charlie with an update at BAMOnline.com where he informs us of a couple of number changes for some Alabama players. DeMarco Ellums is going from number 29 to number two. He'll be assuming that from Patrick Sertan II. Quarterback Paul Tyson going from number 15 to number 17. Yeah, that has a, uh, that has a, uh, the quarterback I'm thinking of, Jacob. Philip, uh, for the Colts, just retired 
man, I'm having a pops Rivers. moment. Speaking of pops, Philip Rivers, yeah. Paul Tyson going from I, I I get the number in the first name. It's the, you know the trifecta that escaped me there for a second. Uh, running back Trey Sanders going from twenty four to six. I think Sanders wore six at IMG maybe. And offensive lineman Javion Cohen going to take over Alex Leatherwood's number seventy. He'll be going from fifty seven to seventy. And uh, previously, I think you've seen or heard about the early enrollees with their uh, with their numbers. So there you go. It is that time on Fridays where we go to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. By the way, since we last spoke with Pops, he, in fact, did become great-grand Pops. And from what I understand from my reporting, Pops, you have already visited the great-grandchild once. So that puts us just a hook under the one-and-a-half total I established for you (laughs) For the remainder of the calendar year. So one more visit, Pops, and you're going to well, go over the well, one and a half. Well, all I can say is baby Gracie is incredible. I mean, she is mm-hmm. all that and then some. And and mm-hmm. and I told him at the, when we were fixing to go that I, I know it'll probably be Thanksgiving before I see her again. <laughs> but uh, I sure appreciate let me swing by. The opportunity. Oh, yeah, the opportunity. A, I mean, she is you, simply awesome. <laughs> I'm going to catch up with her here in the next couple of days. Can't you wait. Got to. Can't you wait and, to catch you up. You and Locklear with have got to see this baby. The great niece. She is yeah. perfect. Locklear's fired up. Yeah, oh, Locklear's yeah. Locklear's already getting that grandmother vibe. You know, she's she's <laughs> she's getting there. I don't it's know a, if her trio are in as big a hurry though. I hope they're not. You know, yeah, to, to yeah, brag about you. that that, grand, that grandchild, great grandchild, is hey, maybe she is, but you uh, never know. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I better know. You know, <laughs> hey, uh, now your attitude not as positive about these Florida Gators of yours who got off to a really sluggish start to this game against Virginia Tech pops, but they have since cut it to four now it's virginia tech 22 to 18 as we go towards the five minute mark there in the first half what's what what's up with your attitude with with the, with the florida tech, gator basketball say, i got the same attitude about them that mike white's got about them mike white after the the the, the tennessee game there at the end of the season i think he mm. he'd finally just threw his hands up too you know uh and and mm-hmm. said they just weren't mature enough to be consistent, you know, and mm-hmm. and he it's it's the truth. You, you don't know what you. Travis, they lost seven of eight. So well, actually eight of nine at the end of the year. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But listen, uh, the best college game I've seen all season was mm. the LSU Alabama game last week. That was a war, pops. That was. Yeah. That was a bat. It was like Frazier and Ali, just like it. I'm telling Heavy you, they weeks. were slugging it out, and and I I'm, I hated to see either team lose. It was that mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. that that kid, Whatnot or Hobnot or whatever for LSU. What's his name? Yeah, Trenton Watford. Trenton Watford. That Watford yeah, can he's play. Unstoppable. Watford can yeah, play Jones Pops. and Shackelford. All all of Alabama's players were just they mm-hmm. they would they'd get knocked down and, and come back to their end and they'd 
go straight to the basket. You know, yeah. it was it was an unbelievable yeah. game. I really enjoyed that. I watched every minute of it. But, I'm uh, afraid I'm now because of that game and really kind of the tournament in general because LSU also beat Arkansas LSU to get there. Can play. Um, I'm overvaluing. I'm officially overvaluing. I'm afraid Arkansas now, and they'll go out and lay an egg against uh, against St. Bonaventure tomorrow. That's that's what I'm yeah. fearing now. Yeah. That I'm overvaluing LSU. I, I, I hate to, to to admit it. You know, I mean, I I'm not a fair weather friend. I, I mean, I've been a Gator all my life, but I can't I can't watch them play. You know, because Are they, they, make, soft they make me so Are upset. They soft? I get so yeah. upset I can't watch them. Mm-hmm. You know, so you go out and you just cut the grass and do. Things I just like go that. cut the grass. Yeah. Now I, I have to admit, now I will check it at the end of the game. Please, but if it's negative, bang, I change it. I don't. I don't watch it at all. And usually, usually you'll only cut the front one day, and then yeah. you'll come back and cut yeah. the back. But with the Gators on today, I think you went ahead and cut the front and the back. I you? cut the front and the back, hoping that they'd be because you just didn't even want to watch the I game. Yeah, you know. And and now you got that gas blower you like. You get oh, that yeah. fired up. Yeah, you? I got to blow everything yeah. off. You know. <laughs> Did you edge? Did you hit it with the edger yet? Or yeah, I got my weed my, my weed eater. That's what I use. Uh-huh. You know, clip it up. Yeah. But baby mm-hmm. Gracie is dynamite. Yeah, really. she's something. <laughs> Gators just uh, Gators just tied it up. Or oh about, my, twenty six, twenty five pops. Oh gonna, my, the Gators are going to suck you into this one and then break your heart it, at the end. That's exactly what right. That's Has exactly the, the Florida right. Gators broken your heart more than any woman in your life, pops? Would you say? Yes. Through your yes. ears? The, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I've I've laid in bed many a day or night praying to be, to be released of the Gators. You know, because they, they, they just <laughs> ruined released of the Gators. Yeah. Yeah. I've lost oh, many a gosh. rest. Uh-huh. But I, I, yeah. I, I, but I couldn't believe Mike White what he said after the game last, uh, Tennessee, the last game of the season about how. He's honest, yeah. And, yeah, he was. He was. I mean, I was proud to hear what he said because it's the truth. And I know it's been a tough season, but it's been a tough season on everybody, you know, mm-hmm. pandemic mm-hmm. and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. it, 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 and, and what they've gone through with, you know, with their players and whatever. Keontae Johnson. Keontae Johnson. Yeah. That hurt. was actually is a, a great uh, a great story the way it ended. I mean, can't, yeah, well, yeah, you know, exactly. Got through that, but that should have picked them up. But, you know? uh, but yeah. that I think it kids. did for a little bit. It picked them up for a little bit, and then yeah, yeah, it, it did. Was so early in the season, it was so early in the season, right? You know, it, it sort of just yeah, you you, you 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 get through that, and then you got to have something else. I know something else so. to pick you up. They just, yeah. and 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 I'm you know I I'm pull for them and everything else, but I just they break my heart too many times, so I can't yeah. watch it. I went last Saturday and right. watched the the softball game and the baseball game down there in Gainesville. Oh, you pulled a doubleheader in Gainesville, baseball, yeah, softball. Yeah, that new baseball. What did stadium you think of the new, the new Florida baseball stadium? Yes, yeah. and it and it is nice, but it still mm-hmm. isn't as nice as Alabama. 
You like that new uh, Joe at Alabama? Yeah. Oh, oh I do. Um, I mean, I, I just, I yeah. just like the stadium there. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I, I figured if, if they did get by today, they, they, they'd have Ohio State. You know, they would mm-hmm. never get out of the there. It'd be done by the end of the weekend. Could have a couple of uh, interesting SEC Big Ten matchups in round two if LSU gets by St. Bonaventure, would see Michigan in the second round, and then maybe uh, the Gators and Ohio State in round two pops. Wouldn't that be something? We'll see how it goes. Is your attitude similar in terms of anticipating this next Florida football team pops? Are you kind of – Well, I'm actually – I think football, they ought to be strong. I really do. Really? I mean – from what I've seen and or her, you know, uh-huh. what they got coming back. Todd Grantham, uh, Todd Grantham, gonna get that defense fixed. No, Pops. Todd Grantham's still there, and he's not. And that's, that's <laughs> the only. Uh, all I know is he better turn it around, or he'll be gone yeah. for sure after this. Making nearly two million a year, Pops. I know. I know. Awesome. All right, Pops. All right, man. We'll, uh, we'll talk you, to you later. What are you having for lunch? Pineapple sandwich today? Uh, uh, Nana's fixing me a, a uh, it's a, uh, she made a roast, a tenderloin. Oh, yeah. Something, I don't know what it is. Roast a beef sta- sandwich. A steak yeah, sandwich of some kind. So. You cut the front and the back, you deserve it, Pops. All yeah, right, Pops. yeah. We'll talk to you next week. Hi, buddy. There he goes, great-grandpops. Got to already visit the great-granddaughter once. How about that? That's going to do it for a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Thanks to Pops. Thanks to Charlie Potter. Thanks to Jacob Harrison. As always, for producing the program. The lunch whistle on this Friday is Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Still carrying those St. Patrick's Day specials for you there. So, uh little corned beef and cabbage, a little shepherd's pie. Last day of those St. Patrick's Day specials at Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Until 11 a.m. on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody.